Hey guys, and welcome back to the Winging It podcast. I'm Lucy Hitchcock, founder, podcast host, rosé lover, and dog mum. After I discovered the London agency life and corporate world made me severely unhappy, I left my nine to five job in 2015 and founded my own digital marketing agency, Sassy Digital. After carving out my own career path, I found that lots of others were reaching out to me on Instagram asking how I'd managed to create my dream career and have a life that I love because of it. So the Winging It podcast was born. I want to help business babes and career women all over the world do the same as me and have a career that makes them happy, whether that's working for someone else or starting your own business. In 2020, during a global pandemic, I founded my second business, Partner in Wine, after discovering that I had nothing to keep my beloved rosé cool on the go while having socially distanced drinks with my friends. I created the Partner in Wine, an insulated bottle shaped like a wine bottle that holds a full bottle of wine, keeps it cool for up to 24 hours in the summer and warm for up to 12 hours in the winter. You're listening to Series 4, This series, I'm going through each and every step that I took that has made Partner in Wine the success that it is today. Just six months after launch, not only have we had a sellout Christmas, we've now moved into a fulfillment centre to keep up with demand. We've been featured in several publications such as Good Housekeeping magazine, The Sun and The Mirror. We've collaborated with my all-time favourite rosé brand, Mirabu, And we have had some really, really exciting developments, which I will share with you throughout 2021. So in this series, let's learn how to successfully bring a product to market. This series is for everyone. Whether you're thinking about launching, you've already got a product out there and you want to emulate this success, or you're just interested to see what it takes to bring an idea to life. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to a very different episode of the Winging It podcast. So I've wanted to do an episode like this for ages, but the opportunity hasn't quite presented itself in the right way until the lovely Yvonne, who is here with me. Hello, Yvonne. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. I'm good. But yeah, as I was saying, you are going to interview me today. Yep, going to do it a little bit differently today, aren't we? (laughs) It is. And it's interesting because like every season I do like an intro episode by myself and I talk about what I think people want to hear. But I think there's so many questions that people want the answer to. And like I get this daily in my inbox and DMs and whatever people asking for advice. So I think from your perspective, it'll be quite interesting to see how that differs from what I think the essential info is. Yeah, I've obviously listened to heaps of the episodes of your podcast. And I think every single episode is so full of gold and it is information people really want to know. But I feel like there's also another bit of information that especially like new business owners or people still deciding, should I, shouldn't I take the plunge and start the business? They have all these questions that they would love to ask somebody who is in the position you're in with the experience that you have, but either have no one to ask, don't have a mentor. Maybe they just don't have the confidence to just slide into someone's DMs. And so I feel like on behalf of all those people, I'm going to ask those questions for them today. Yes, I love it. And we actually did an Instagram live yesterday with an intro to some of these questions. So if you do want to go and listen to that, that is on my Instagram, which is at Lucy Hitchcock underscore. Before we get into the good stuff, Yvonne, let's just talk a little bit about you. Yeah. Because I feel like it's funny because I follow a lot. I I mean, I follow a lot of people on Instagram, but I also like get messages from like the same people time and time again. I feel like you're one of those people that 
you know, every now and again, you kind of slide in, you love a little partner in wine launch, like you're on the radar. And then you asked me, maybe like, must have been maybe a year ago now, you were like, can I send you one of my products? And I said, no, no, no I'll buy one because I don't really like accepting gifts, especially from small businesses. I think it's much better to support them. So there we go, because that's what I would want people to do to me. Yeah. So tell us about you. What do you do? Yeah. So obviously you said my name is Yvonne. I am Australian. I can tell. Born in Norway. Interesting. Some people are like, I can't hear the accent. Sorry. I'm like, oh, I thought it was really obvious. So I was born in Norway, spent the first six years of my life there. My parents lived there for 13 years. So we have a lot of Scandinavian influence in our life growing up. But I grew up in Australia. But originally, I'm from Ghana in West Africa. So it's a mix of everything. And now I live in the UK and I've lived here for the last four years. Yeah, so we moved to the UK four years ago because my husband is half British, half Australian. And we moved up north and we've had an amazing time traveling all around and stuff. And in 2019, when I turned 30, I decided now was a great time to start a business. I'd gotten a whole bunch of money from my family as my 30th gift because we live all over the world and they couldn't be with me. And I did what every mature 30-year-old woman does. And I bought myself a great designer handbag. And then I decided to spend the rest. I was really battling between either going on holiday. So me and my husband love France. We went to Champagne for <gasps> and we went to Bordeaux for our five-year wedding anniversary. Dying to go to Champagne. Oh, it is dreamy. I could talk about it for hours, but we won't. <laughs> it is definitely one of my favorite places. And I have traveled extensively. Yeah, so I was like, oh, maybe we should pick another spot in France and just go like south of France. We haven't done that yet. Everyone raves about it. But then I was like, you know what, Yvonne, your biggest hindrance to starting a business, apart from the idea, which now I had, is always that I don't want to use my savings because our savings are for, you know, when we decide to grow up and <laughs> buy a house and settle down yeah. for children and that sort of stuff. <laughs> so um, I've always been like, I'm not touching the savings. I'm not touching the savings. I'm not touching the savings. And now I had no excuses. So for me, I was just like, well, it's now or never. So if you want to do what you say you want to do, just do it. So I took the money and I put it into NET. And that's what launched NET in December 2019. So it's about a year and a month old now. When I started, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I genuinely had no idea. But I love Google. I love finding the information and stuff. And so I just Googled a lot of what I was doing. And then I realized that actually, you know what? There are people who are out there doing it who have a lot more experience than me. I could just follow them and see what they're doing and maybe even like ask them a few questions. And maybe if I'm lucky, they'll actually reply and stuff. And you were one of those people that I came across while I was on this new entrepreneur journey. And I am very... um. I don't know what the right word to use is, but like I have a lot of audacity. Like I will just go out and ask and I'm, I'm not too afraid of being rejected. I mean, everyone is to a certain extent, but I'm like, if they don't reply, it's okay. It's not personal. They're busy. Maybe they're just not the right person for you. But like I will slide into people's DMs and ask them questions or offer them something or, you know, and so um, that's how we started chatting. But you were actually one of the first people who bought the net, someone who I didn't know. So not only were you like someone that I was watching your entrepreneurial journey but you were also for me like you now hold like a special place in my heart <laughs> Yay, I love that because up until then it'd been support from all my family and friends which is amazing trust me when you start a business you want that support from your family Do you know what it is though I am so conscious about practicing what I preach and I think like for example before Chris uh, I think it was the it was the last day of November I put up the story and I was like I need to reach my sales goal it was about 10 o'clock yeah, at night I'm sales goal 
please, if you haven't bought one, can you do it now? And within like 10 minutes of posting that, all these like women who are kind of similar to you that have like come across and asked questions, blah, blah, had all bought one and helped me reach my goal. So now like, even in those instances where like, you know, for example, you asked if you could send me one, I was just like, no, I just buy it, it's fine. But then also like, since I put that post out that was like, please, can you help me? I've seen lots of other people do it. And the people you know, the people that are asking for help that I know, like, and even if I don't know them and they've messaged me, like, I'm trying to reach a goal. I'm like, yeah, do you know what? That's it. I'm going to help you. I'm going to buy from you as well. Cause you can't ask people to help you out and they're not doing return, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm see, I started, like, we started talking and stuff and throughout the year I've joined like little groups of businesses that are, I guess, small businesses who are doing like online markets because of lockdown and joining small communities of other small business owners. And I found like a lot of the questions that kept coming into these group chats were questions that either I'd seen you post something about it. So I'd essentially take the information that you had put out that I'd either implemented in my business or had just been like, okay, I'm going to tuck that away for next time. And I would then share it with these group chats or communities. And the more I did it, the more I realized like, why don't I just sit down and ask Lucy some of these questions? Because I know you'd already asked me if I'd be willing to be interviewed for your podcast. And as much as it was a great honor, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, do you know what? Like, I feel like I gained more from interviewing Lucy than she probably would from interviewing me. So yeah, I just, I actually had the idea in the shower and I was like, let me just ask her. She might think it's a stupid idea. Like, why would she want to be interviewed on her own podcast? But you know what? She might also say, yeah, that's great. It's 50-50 chance. They're great odds. <laughs> so I just sent you a voice note and here we are today recording it. And what was the first thing I'm pretty sure I replied to you in capital letters was like, love it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you did. I love that enthusiasm as well. <laughs> No, I literally do. I'm such a voice noter as well. I like voice note people like my whole inner thoughts. Yeah. So should we get into it? Yeah, absolutely. So I've like some questions that I'd love to ask and I've put them in a bit of an order so that there's a bit of a logical flow because I think the best place to start is always to start at the beginning, right? And for like a lot of people, when it comes to starting a business, they're just sort of like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. I'm just like, just go back to basics and start at the beginning, right? So let's start with why, like, let's start with why you decide to start your own business and then go into how you did it. How did you go actually go about it? Because I think if you've got the why, I always think if you've got a reason behind it, you've got a purpose, you've got something that you're into your solid foundation. I know I'm doing it for this purpose. When the days get hard, you can always revert back to that and use that to encourage yourself to keep going. So I'd love to know your why. And then once you know your why, how did you actually go about making it happen? So are we talking about partner wine here? Or are we talking about sassy? <laughs> oh gosh, girl, whichever you prefer. I'd actually like to know more about sassy because I've kind of seen your partner in wine journey. And I think most people could just jump onto your partner in wine Instagram. And actually you've got quite a few good IGTVs that tell about why you started partner in wine and stuff. So I'd love okay. to go back to sassy quite young when you started that as well which I find so amazing okay cool let's start with that then so rewind nearly six years the ripe old age of 22 I (laughs) had finished my marketing degree at Bournemouth moved up to London and I I mean as I say in the very beginning episode of the winging podcast although a lot has changed since then so just bear that in mind with this story I'll probably tell it slightly differently I basically got made redundant from my first job, really didn't enjoy it anyway. 
I was managing social media for private hospitals and private members clubs. So I got, you know, a lot of experience into sort of the blogging and social media marketing sort of world then. And then when I left that job, I actually got made redundant, which was kind of heartbreaking, but also I wasn't really doing much at work. I was sat watching 90210 on, you know, the (laughs) internet because there was nothing to do, which is why I got made redundant. So I then moved, I had a nice long summer off, had three months off, went on loads of holidays. And then eventually I got a job at a corporate comms agency, which was just the most horrendous thing in the world. You know, the agency culture in London, like something's got to give because I mean, most people that I know that even now that work in agencies, it's like burnout territory, you know, Mm. horrible office culture. Some of them are probably nice, but you know, from my personal experiences, absolutely not. The opportunity came up to work with a food blogger called Madeline Shaw who was kind of pioneering the sort of healthy eating, you know, more nutritious, packing more veggies into your diet Mm. rather than cutting stuff out. She was kind of pioneering that along with the likes of Delicious Yella, Hemsley, Hemsley, Mm. Natasha Carette and and those sorts of people at the time. So I started working with her for a few days a week, you know, as a client of mine um, and sort of built up. This is a, a shorter story, but I built up the client the rest of the days of the week and then yeah, that's kind of how the business started, which was great. So yeah, that's kind of how it all came about, really. The reason that I decided to leave my full-time job and do this, though, and I think this is one of those things that when I started, I hate to be that person to say that no one else was doing it at the time, but there was really only a handful of people who were working for themselves at the time. I mean, it's only six years ago, which doesn't sound like a long time ago, but really it kind of was. And it was a really good time, actually, because there was kind of this shift in thinking where people can go, actually, do you know what? Because of Instagram, because of like all these people who are making a name for themselves and getting a following on Instagram, it is easy to start your own business. And, you know, it's kind of only gone up from there with developing all these other platforms where you can build your own websites and, you know, do your own graphic design, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But when I left my job, I was thinking, you know what, I'd really hate the agency culture so much, you know, they're dishonest with clients, like they charge over the odds, you know, probably not when you're working with million pound companies and that sort of stuff. And I was thinking, who's there fighting the corner for the small businesses? Like, surely people on the high street are going to need help with this. Like the high street at the time, people were kind of talking about the high street dying. Obviously, now we're seeing the effects of that. But I was thinking, like, who's helping all these, you know, hairdressers and nutritionists that are working from their home these you know mums who are doing their own businesses like all these sorts of things like who's helping them out and it kind of all just spiraled from there and quite luckily I jumped at the right time because I was able to quite quickly build up a base of clients through sort of word of mouth that allowed me to kind of you know have sassy as a full-time thing so yeah nearly been going for six years And my why was really to just help all these small businesses. And it still is, to be honest. And despite the fact that even when people get in touch with us now, I mean, our prices are significantly higher than they were when it was just me. But obviously, I've got overheads and staff to pay and et cetera, et cetera. But we do have internal conversations all the time. Depending on who gets in touch, we will still work with people if we feel that they are the right fit. We will help small businesses even if it's not within their budget, you know, we'll kind of lower to their budget every once in a while, just because I think it's really important to stay true to your core. And one of my life mottos is good things happen to good people. Mm. And I truly believe that in business as well, if you set yourself up as someone that is there to be approachable, you can ask them to help, 
who is there to like help anyone and everyone I honestly believe that like good things will come your way you know and I feel like I'm a testament to that as well yeah no absolutely I I completely believe that I love that you knew why you were doing what you're doing because I think like people just they might just do something because you know that's what's fashionable at the time or that's really trendy right now so let me do that but then there are ups and downs in the business journey and if you don't have a solid foundation of why you're doing what you're doing it's so easily just to get put off when things get a little bit tough yeah so I love that I absolutely love that so like I was going to move on to the next question but I you said something in answering this first question I just wanted to touch on you were talking about how you got your first client and I'd love to find out how you got your first client because I think for a lot of people doing those like it doesn't even matter whether it's service or product but especially for service businesses getting that first client is probably the scariest and the hardest part so was that through networking was it through some other wet contacts or did you just take the plunge and slide into their dms like how did you go about getting that first contact okay so there's two things to this right firstly Let me say that word of mouth is an extremely, extremely, extremely powerful thing. So don't just rely solely on hiding behind a computer screen. Mm. Before I started a business, I'm going to be honest, like I was not very confident in myself. Mm. I wasn't very confident in myself. I wouldn't have known how to describe what I was doing. And to be honest with you, I was a bit embarrassed to describe what I was doing. But I quickly learned that the faster you can comprehend to other people what you do and learn to talk about it to anyone and everyone the faster things will pick up for you. So I used to go to events. I used to go and work in coffee shops. I'd like strike up random conversations with random people, Mm. tell them my name, what I did, ask them what they did, like, why are you working here? You know, what's going on with you? Luckily, some of my friends were also self-employed. So we would go and sit in coffee shops together. You know, we'd have different friends join us and, you know, then we'd get to know them, tell them what we were doing, as well as, you know, speaking to parents, you know, my parents' friends, my parents telling everyone what I was doing, all of my friends pimping me out. Like, shout out to my friends, because my friends are the best people in the world, because they literally pimp me out on a daily basis. It's great. And yeah, it sort of all just went from there, really. So luckily, some of my friends are influencers. So I was kind of pushed into that world quite early on which gave me a bit of a advantage I know but I don't think there's any reason why if you don't learn to kind of do the elevator pitch tell people what you do in two sentences why that couldn't work for you Mm. so yeah that's kind of basically what I did word of mouth learn to talk about myself from there as you get clients you put it on your website you put your work up online then people notice you and by no means is this a quick process I think that's worth pointing out I mean, I'm six years down the line and I still get excited when an influencer sends me an email. I still get excited, you know, when we get some amazing, amazing opportunities, even if they don't end up happening. I'm just like, wow, this is really cool. But, you know, all of those conversations that I've had in the past have led me to this point. It's never going to happen overnight. It just doesn't work like that. You have to consistently stick at what you're doing. Even pull yourself out of the dark days. I mean, I've had some terribly, terribly awful days like days where I've just wanted to quit I mean maybe three years ago I did nearly just go do you know what fuck this I'm getting a normal job I'm not doing it anymore mm. I was hardly paying myself anything hardly making any money had three clients sort of drop out through no fault of mine in a month and I had staff to pay and I was like fuck this I'm over it mm. but thank god I persevered because obviously you know it's led me to where I am today yeah so yeah in terms of getting clients I think just word of mouth persevere and then the second thing you can do is one up that sort of repertoire of clients and that repertoire of work and testimonials and all of this then you start sliding into the dms yeah yeah 
And by that, I mean, this is another testament to my friends and anyone and everyone that I know and work with. If people see opportunities for Sassy on Instagram, they will forward me the story and go, you need to reply to this, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's how I got our most famous influencer client. I literally just slid into her DM with like loads of Sassy emojis. And that was kind of the end of that, you know, start of a, a wonderful working relationship. But yeah, sliding into people's DMs and just being yourself, mm. like just be yourself. Don't try and like pitch yourself and do the whole salesy thing. Just like say what you would say if you were like talking to someone normally. Mm. That would 100% be my best piece of advice. Just don't try and be that shmami corporate person. Like as much as we want it, we want to win that work and we want to talk about ourselves and like how amazing we are. Mm. Just chill, you know? Yeah. Just talk to them like a friend, normal person. And um, yeah, crack on with it. Yeah, so much gold in there. I love that. I love that you like just straight up weren't necessarily confident because we look at you now and we see this confident and bright and bubbly girl. And we just assume that you've always been like that, which is kind of silly when you think about it because everyone grows, everyone develops and matures and becomes a better version of themselves. But when you look at people, you often forget that they've actually, it's been a process for them to get to where they are. I think that's just, it's such an encouragement for people who are maybe in a, at the beginning and they're not naturally like super confident or bright and bubbly as like, that's not their normal disposition to know that that's something you can actually develop. That's something you can grow and practice in. And the other thing I loved that you said was that despite the fact that you knew people, you had like influences in your like friendships and stuff, you still had to go to the coffee shops and strike up conversation and introduce yourself and have your elevator pitch ready I think a lot of people just think like well I've done all the work now maybe the clients will come to me but I love that reminder that you still have to step out you still have to do something about it and that requires you to do the work because sometimes we're just hoping that it'll all come to us aren't we (laughs) absolutely and that's you know I have all these sorts of conversations about manifestation I'm going to record a podcast episode with Chloe Slade Mm. about the practical side of manifestation because I think We go, oh, I want all of these things and they're going to come to me, but you have to take action to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Like good things do come to people randomly sometimes without any action of their own. But majority of it is a result of seeds they've planted and now we're seeing the fruit of that, which I think people forget. You still do have to do something. So that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like, oh my God, we're 25 minutes in already. So I feel like I'm just going to move it along a little bit more. I've got so many questions from each section you asked, but I I want to get through a few of the other questions that we've got. So I wanted to talk about the business process because we've talked about, you know, the side of like having that understanding of why you're doing this, then looking at how to go about it, putting yourself out there, having the confidence to, what about like practically, let's move to more like partner in wine, like a product practically getting something like partner in line to market looking at your finance your branding your marketing and your launch because you are fantastic at a launch you know how to build anticipation and excitement and I love that about when you launched partner in wine and each color you launch and stuff so talk us through that process a little bit um the process of how I launched it or process of how I go about preparing for a launch I'd say from the beginning, like with Partner and Wine, because we've talked a little bit about Sassy. So let's talk about Partner and Wine from the very beginning and then um, okay. train in as, as you get to the end to the launch of it, because I love that. I think that's something a lot of people don't really know about or know how to do when it comes to releasing a product to market. Oh, God, I feel like this is a really interesting question because I am by no means like an expert in sourcing a product and the logistics of how that works. 
But what I am good at is branding and marketing. So the process kind of from the beginning was really, it was more of like a funny like idea that we were all laughing about around the kitchen table. Mm. So basically, just after lockdown, I went to meet my best friend in the park for a wine and we love drinking rosé. The thing that we missed about lockdown the most was having this cold, cold glass of wine, you know, midweek. And obviously we couldn't go to the pubs and we found the joy of going to the park. And you'll remember the weather was really nice. And my mum gave me this really sad little cooler. (laughs) And I was like, this is just not cool. Like, this is just so not cool. I am going to lose my street cred for this. It just does not go with my aesthetic. I've got like a real nice Instagrammable bike. Just no. Anyway, I took it because it's all I had. Yeah. And on my cycle back, I was just like, surely there has to be something that will kind of work for this. And I know I've told the story over and over again. So apologies if anyone's heard this a million times. But yeah, the next day I was sat around the kitchen table with my dad, who was, because I spent lockdown with them, where he was working from home at the time. He's now retired. And... We all kind of just like laughing about it, like, haha, yeah, wouldn't that be really funny? Like, you know, maybe we should look into it. I shit you not, within a week, I had a sample in my hand and we were all just sat around like, no, do you know what? This isn't actually funny anymore. Like, this is a really good idea. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it just kind of went from there. And obviously because of what I do, my background, we were able to knock the branding up. We went through a few iterations of that, um, changed the logo actually once and came up with something that was really quite special, which I hope other people agree with me. Yeah, Just super Instagrammable, like absolutely love it. And yeah, I basically just kind of went from there. And in terms of launching the product, it's an interesting one because building up the hype, I spent basically the whole summer, like not the whole summer, but like two months, two, three months talking about Partner in One on my own Instagram. And then I launched our Instagram and suddenly all these people who followed me followed Partner in Wine. I was like, oh, hang on. I must have like, I've not revealed what it is yet because I didn't want to talk about it too much in case it didn't happen or in case someone stole the idea because mm. obviously it's such a great idea. And yeah, people kind of messaging me like, what the hell is this? Like, I don't know. Like, I can't even kind of begin to fathom what it is. Yeah. People were guessing, we're getting it wrong. And I was like, Do you know what? This is really funny. Like, I'm just not going to tell anyone <laughs> because it's working. People hate to be out of a secret. So yeah basically it just kind of went from there I basically just started posting about my journey on Instagram what was happening and then eventually launched the partner in wine Instagram a few weeks before I was going to announce what it was started teasing and it just kind of went from there really and in terms of how I plan for a launch now it's very very similar I start to tease which I've started teasing now for the Valentine's collection I started teasing that yesterday Mm. which probably not very timely to mention for a podcast that will be coming out later but Yeah, we start teasing a few weeks in advance with little snippets of imagery, not really giving anything away. And the way that I like to launch my own products is by going live on Instagram, because it's just a bit of fun. Like everyone grab a wine. Like we've got this like fun little community now and like all the same people turn up to the launch and like it's just really fun. Everyone turns up in like with a glass of wine and people are commenting and like all my friends turn up and it's just like a little social occasion, but I'm the only one on the screen. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Obviously, I've seen a few of them, so I think, oh, it's just so much fun. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's a lot of fun, and I just have fun doing it, to be honest. And I think the thing is with this whole launch thing, for me, 
is that it's really solidified the work that we do at Sassy. And I have no intention of stopping doing that side of the business just because it brings me more it brings me more in terms of job satisfaction than Partner & Wine does. Like I love Partner & Wine and I love making a sale. Like the novelty won't ever wear off. But mm. in terms of like day to day, I just love working with all these incredible women that I get to meet and work with and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I just think the Partner & Wine, watching you launch the product firstly and then the colors and stuff, it's just been a really eye-opening experience. I actually realized that that's, People actually do want to follow your journey. I think sometimes when you're launching a new product or you're thinking of starting a business, you assume nobody really cares until the product is available to buy. But the way you've worked it means that people are so invested in each product that Partner in Wine launches and people want to go on the journey with you. And I think that's a really great skill to take away for new business owners is that people do want to know you. And I'll be honest, like I love Partner in Wine. I have the bottle and two tumblers all in black, of course, because black is my color. But I'm almost more invested in you as the business owner at this point than I even am in the product. Like now if you released a bright orange one, (laughs) it's not my color at all. But I'd still be like there cheering you on on the sidelines because I'm so invested in you as the business owner. So I actually want to talk about that a little bit because it's one of the questions you put up on I know I'm going off the notes a little bit, but it's one of the questions you put up on Sassy Digital recently about, I think it was about, do you think it's important as a business owner to show your face, like actually show who you are on on your business Instagram, something along those lines. I don't know exactly what the question was, but I thought, oh, that's actually a really good question to discuss because you put your face out there quite a lot. And I was talking to a small business owner yesterday and she was like, I've never, ever put my face Like, I don't actually know her personally. We just talk on Instagram and stuff. Like, I've never put my face out there. I don't really do talking videos on my stories. And I was like, hey, just go for it. Put out a question box. Let people put questions in. Nobody asks any questions. Get your family and friends to put questions into it. Just get your face out there. Because I'll be honest, I am more invested in the person behind the brand. And then because of that, even if once I've bought the product, maybe I've bought only the color or the thing that I like. After that, I'm still so invested because I want to watch their journey. I want to see them win. I want to see them succeed. So I'd love to discuss that a little bit more, your thoughts on keeping yourself separate from the brand or being part of the face of the brand. Yeah, yeah. So I actually just got some really interesting things to say about that, even if I do say so myself. Because I was quite torn, actually, beforehand whether e-commerce businesses should show their face on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason now why I think it works. And I think, Firstly, like there is a line to be drawn. And I was speaking to a consultancy client about this yesterday because, you know, once you start showing your face on Instagram, it's actually quite easy for you to start doing things like posting pictures of you making a cup of tea on Instagram, which is not relevant to your yeah. e-commerce business at all. Yeah. So really have a think about that. And anything that you post, just think I'm posting with intention here. Is this going to help people with what I'm trying to do? If you're doing day in the life of a founder, absolutely. Like, but make that clear. And it, be consistent throughout the day. Don't just post a picture of you making a cup of tea in the morning and then like, oh, okay, I finished my emails now. That's it, putting the kids to bed sort of thing. Mm. You know, really commit to it and post with intention. So during, it's really interesting actually because Christine who works with me and I were looking at our sales stats this morning to pull some sort of stats together for press articles and stuff. And the months where I was not showing my face on Instagram and trying to pretend that I was a huge business, just for comparison purposes, 
I can't remember the exact figure, but like I look at the sales during those months and I'm like, wow, okay, right, that really didn't work. And then I thought, actually, let's just be true to what I think is right. I'm going to post my face, it's my business. And at the end of the day, Christine and I have kind of come to the conclusion that people people want to work with Sassy and buy from Partner of Mine because it's me that's selling it. Yeah. So we've kind of 360 that one, 180 even. So yeah, showing up on Instagram is really important. Mm-hmm. The, the tips that I will give to you for that if you haven't done it is I think a lot of the time people don't post their face on their stories or talking to camera stories because firstly, they don't know what to post. Mm. And secondly, they think their friends or anyone that sees it will laugh at them for posting Mm. that and they'll feel silly. So first of all, deciding what to post, we posted some helpful story prompts on our stories the other day. I'm actually also about to launch a 30-day stories prompt ebook. So those sorts of things will really help. Make sure you're following people on Instagram that inspire you with your content. You know, there's a few people out there. Follow Vix Meldrew. She's really great. I mean, we post loads of tips on our Instagram, Elizabeth Styles. All of these people are there to encourage you and help you with what you should be posting on Instagram and posting on your stories and and what that might look like in terms of you talking to camera. Mm -hmm. And the second tip that I would give is, and my friends laughed at me to begin with. My brothers laughed at me. My brother actually unfollowed me on Instagram because he was like, look, (laughs) you're so good at what you do and I love you for it and I appreciate you. I don't want to watch it. (laughs) It cringes me out. And I'm like, I don't care. That's fine. You unfollow me, hun, because I'm making money from it. Yeah. And that's what I have to say. If your friends don't support you, unfollow. Yeah. No skin off the back. It's fine. The purpose of posting on your stories like that is to get business and to make sales. Mm. So it's just something that, that has to be done. Yeah. I'll say, like, it was never a huge thing for me until I think 2020 definitely pushed me more towards the purchasing from small businesses and following and supporting small businesses. But I find myself now when I find a website, or I find a new Instagram or I find a new product and I'm interested in it, I find myself scrolling through their grid, trying to find a picture of the founder or a little bit of information about them. And if I can't find it, I actually am not as quick to buy as I would be if I found a little bit and I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm supporting somebody, not just some big company that's made a little smaller business on the side to make it look a little bit more personal. I want to know that I'm supporting an actual person. So I yeah. am big on that. But you said something that I really want to pull out, which ties in perfectly to the next question. I wanted to talk about overcoming self-doubt. And you talked about how some people don't want to do it because they feel like oh, their friends will laugh at them and they'll feel silly and stuff. I mean, it's a very real fear. Like everyone feels at some point like, oh gosh, what are people going to think of me? So you haven't always been this confident and strong and stuff. It's a a growing process. But I just want to talk about that process. How have you actually got to this point where you are so confident and you don't, I guess there's not as much self-doubt when you put stuff out there. How have you got to that point? What was the process of that like? Do you know what? I think, okay, firstly, like I really rate my ideas. I really back myself. Like if I'm going to do something, I will back myself to the end. And I'm a true Aquarian. Like I think all of my ideas are great. And it's actually, if Christine listens to this, who works with me and Becky, who works with me, they're going to laugh because I literally send them texts on a daily basis going, OMG, like, why do I love myself so much? (laughs) Because I'll be like, I'll voice it and be like, guys, I see myself on the front cover of this magazine talking about X, Y, and Z. And they're like, yeah, make it happen, make it happen. And I'm like, oh, why do I love myself? If I said that to someone else, like just randomly, they'd be like, what is wrong with you? You just really love yourself, don't you? 
but I just really back my ideas and I feel like I need to get them out there so that people can listen to me, you know? I love Um, it. I love it. And I think also people are so supportive of what I do, like friends, family, people on Instagram, Mm -hmm. having a really good support network of people who are constantly cheering you on and like calling you up and going, tell me something good that's happened today because I know something good will have happened to you. You know, things like that, I think are really important. And the other thing is, and this is sort of a mindset thing. And if you ask my mum or dad, they'll tell you from a very, very young age, I've always been like a very, very, very positive person. Yeah. I read some of my old school reports the other day. They were like, Lucy always has a smile on her face, distracts others easily, likes to talk a lot. And I was like, that's pretty much me now. Brilliant. But I think trying to be a more positive person and banishing negative thoughts is easier said than done. But I, a few years ago, like, I think we can all get stuck in a trap of when you're feeling a bit negative. So I probably say it was around the time that I was thinking of giving up sassy. Mm. I started like, you know, when you just start comparing yourself to other people and you think mean things about other people. And I just thought, that's not me. That's really like unkind. So I went through this process of even if like, not even seriously unkind things, just things like, I don't know, just like, I can't even explain it. Like, just negative thoughts that you have about yourself or other people. I think thinking those things and then acknowledging that that's the way that you're thinking and the way that you're feeling and then having something positive to counteract that. So for example, like you might look at someone and go, her shoes are well ugly. Why is she wearing Crocs? And then going, that's really mean. Like she might be wearing those because she ran a marathon yesterday and she just wants to have comfy feet today but actually like oh my god her hair looks really good Mm. that sort of thing I think you need to incorporate it into everything that you're doing to feel positive overall Mm. but you know even integrating it into your work and going that blog post that I wrote was shit well okay it may not have been your best blog post but like let's take the good from that let's always look for the good in things and go okay Actually, that wasn't my best piece of work, but I think next time I could improve it by doing X, Y, and Z. I can go and look up online the best way to structure a blog post. And then I can also go and look up, you know, best way to write a blog post for SEO. So, you know, kind of taking those things and going, you know what, I've started somewhere. It might not be my best work, but I'm going to develop it from here. And I do that with most things. I do that in Sassy. I've done it with Partner of Mine. You know, we started off with the same color packaging. And after I did it, I immediately regretted it. And then I ended up changing the packaging so that every piece of packaging was the same color as the product inside. So it's one of those things, like it's a process that you go through. And I don't, I think people make the mistake in thinking that everything has to be perfect to begin with when it doesn't. And so you need to kind of adapt your mindset to work alongside that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I love what you said about checking yourself and being introspective. But also, I think that that's such a, it requires a, a level of maturity. And that requires us to be able to like look inside and be like, okay, what are the issues I have? And actually speaking them out and like working on them. And I think that's really important for business owners as you grow, because comparing yourself with other people is inevitably, you're going to go through rough patches where you do that. But knowing how to get out of that rut is really, really important. Um, So that's really, really good. So we've got a few more minutes, but there's a few more things I just want to go through really quickly, if that's okay. Yes. So you talked about how you had a real dip about what three years ago where you were like, I don't know if I can keep doing sassy or wanting to quit. I just want to talk about that motivation versus self-discipline because we touched on it yesterday and it's something that I'm personally journeying quite a bit with at the moment. 
more in the fitness side of things. <laughs> I do my home workouts, a team body project, which I love. <laughs> and um, the team, the husband and wife team, he always talks about motivation versus self-discipline. So it's just something that I'm exploring a little bit. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because there's a lot of motivational quotes everywhere, every day. It's always about being motivated and having that spark and just getting started. But there's not as much talk about self-discipline and the importance of self-discipline. I'd love to hear your thoughts on motivation versus self-discipline. And not that they're two completely separate and that they, they don't work with each other. But I, yeah, I'd just really love to hear your thoughts on the two. So self-discipline and motivation, I think... I think motivation comes before self-discipline, but only in some instances. Like, I think you can be self-disciplined in order to motivate yourself. I'm just trying to think what comes first, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> That's why I like. I just love to hear your thoughts on it. There's no right answer, but I'd love to hear Lucy's thoughts on it. Okay, so should I tell you where I learned to motivate myself? Mm. So this is not business related at all. Okay, so when I was 18... I was doing whatever a teenager was doing and eating all the foods. I had two brothers, so I was eating like pizzas for lunch, didn't do any exercise at school, was never like athletic at all and put on quite a lot of weight. And I decided that enough was enough. And I got to 18 and was at uni, was nearly a size 18, which, you know, it's not huge by any means, but I personally didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was myself in my own skin. Yeah. I don't know if that kind of makes any sense. No, no, absolutely. And so I decided to do something about it. So I started going to the gym three times a week and playing tennis. And the gym three times a week thing was like swimming or I think I had a personal training session and I went swimming twice. So actually like I really wasn't hitting it that hard. But even those small changes made like a huge difference. And within six months, I was down to a size 10. Mm. And I, I really felt more comfortable in my own skin yeah in terms of you know being confident and the sort of clothes that I'd always wanted to wear like me and my mom always used to go shopping and I would never be able to wear the clothes that I wanted to wear because I didn't think they would suit me yeah. and all of that so I was suddenly like a young woman who'd lost loads of weight dyed her hair blonde and discovered eyebrows and that was kind <laughs> of me, me off and that's how I learned to motivate myself because what I used to do is sit on the sofa and go oh just left my cup of tea in the kitchen. And now I sit down and I'm like, oh, I've left my cup of tea in the kitchen. I should really go and get that. And like to go up and go and get something is not, you know, I've changed the habit of going to get something. And I know that sounds really weird because it's small, but it now kind of correlates into everything that I do just generally, because I'll look at my to-do list and go, oh, I can't bother to do that. And I'm like, I acknowledge that I can't be bothered to do it. And then I'm like, does it need to be done today? Yes, it does. Does it need to be done before lunchtime? Yes, it does. Okay, well, let's just crack on with it. Yeah. Like, stop being an idiot and let's just get it done. And actually, it feels way better after you do it. So it's one of those things. I think motivation comes from... Wait, what was the other word that you were saying? Self-discipline and motivation. Self-discipline. I think you can be motivated to be self-disciplined or you can self-discipline yourself in order to motivate yourself to get things done. Mm. I think they do go hand in hand, yeah. but 
some people can really not be motivated to do anything and force themselves to do it anyway. And I actually don't think that's a good way of getting anything done because I think if you really don't want to get something done, ask yourself why that is. If you're bad at it, for example, like your accounts, okay, fine, don't do it then. Pay someone else to do it and go and use your time more wisely. Mm. So yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but I feel like I just just wanted to explore that just to hear your thoughts on it because I think it is something that's very important. And it's one of the crux of being a business owner is that there's no one there over your shoulder. You're not, it's not a nine to five where your boss tells you you need to get something done by this time. You need to hit that deadline. And there's someone there making sure that that happens. When you're running your own business, it's down to you. Will you pay the rent or not? (laughs) It all comes down to your self-discipline, motivation, whatever it is. So I think it's really important to talk that through and actually go on that journey, each person for their own to figure out where they are with it. I think lastly, before we wrap it up, I'd love for you to share like some, just a piece of advice or something that someone has told you over this last six year journey of entrepreneurship that you wish that you had known right from the beginning or something that you think might encourage and yeah, encourage someone who's early on in this journey and might be listening to this and thinking, oh my goodness, when will I get to that point? You know, just something that will really encourage them, something that you've been told or something that you wish you'd found out earlier. I think probably if you don't ask, you don't get. Mm -hmm. And I know that's like a really kind of standard thing that everyone says, but I do believe it's really true. And, you know, I've worked alongside some incredible people and I've, I've, been mentored quite luckily by a woman who's unofficially mentored a sort of family friend of mine she's given me a lot of advice sort of over the years Mm. and one of the things that she has always said to me is if you don't put yourself out there you don't ask and you don't do it confidently you won't get the things that you want Mm. and I think it's so true and that goes for whatever you're doing you know going after new business I don't know asking for a free upgrade on a flight I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I think you have to think about the things that you want and be confident in your pursuit to get there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. I totally agree. I think people are always scared, like, oh, what if they say no? But my question is always like, what if they, what if they say yes? yes? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. You've got 50-50 chance. People play the lotto for a lot less odds and still think they could win millions and millions of pounds, right? Do you know what? I never even think about what if someone says no. I mean, I emailed like one of my favorite female entrepreneurs. So she's quite a high profile person. I just emailed my partner of mine. I was like, I want to work with you. And her PA replied and was like, yeah, we're not really like partnering up with anyone this year. I was like, okay, that's fine. I mean, this is one of me, but like, you know, you've put yourself on the radar. Absolutely. Yeah. I just think it's so important. Just give it a go. You literally have nothing to lose. What you're asking for, you don't have anyway, right? That's why you're asking for it. So if they say no, you're just back at the beginning again. If they say yes, that could be 10 steps ahead of your career. Like it would have taken you years to get to. So that is fantastic advice. Lucy, thank you so much. This has been so insightful. I feel like we could probably talk for like hours and hours. I'd have plenty more questions but I think this has been really really good and I hope that it really encourages and helps other small new starting business owners on their journey as well well thank you so much for suggesting this love it it's been really really good and also I feel like sometimes it takes someone like you to get my inner ramblings that are (laughs) in my brain out there no it's brilliant it's brilliant you've got so much wisdom and it's absolutely fantastic to hear you talk about it and also just like great to be able to ask the questions that I personally wanted to know 
So there's no doubt in my mind that there's other people who would have had very similar questions as well and who are just waiting to find the answers for that, either through experience or, which I always say is like, why not use someone else's experience? You don't have to experience everything. You can't live long enough to experience everything. Learn from other people. So thank you so much. You are so welcome. Well, yeah, thank you. And Yvonne, where can we find Net and Blank Canvas online? Yeah, so um, Net is on Instagram at MyNetX and online at www.MyNetX.com and MyNetX is spelled M-Y-N-E-T-T-E-X and Blank Canvas is at Blank Canvas by Yvonne and also the website www.BlankCanvasByYvonne.com. I also just want to end this episode by, I can't remember if I've even like told you this before, but like the net, I can 100% vouch for this. Like I didn't even open it until I moved into my flat and now I'm obsessed. That is so good. I think we, I think, I think we did discuss this, yeah. like, because it's so good before you fake tan. Cause it just literally like, this sounds really weird, but like when you exfoliate your body, the feeling that I want is like, I want to scrub, I want to scrub it all off, like proper, like, you know, tingly scrubbing. Yeah, it really works. (laughs) Cool. Awesome, guys. Well, you can find me at Lucy Hitchcock underscore and obviously my many other businesses at Sassy Digital, at Partner and Wine UK and at the Winging It podcast to keep up to date with all things Winging It. Thank you so much, Yvonne. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you found value in that, whether you are looking to launch a product yourself or you're just interested in the process. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and please, please, please leave a review if you enjoyed this episode or you are enjoying the series. It really does mean a lot to have your feedback and to know that you guys are listening and involved. So yeah, please do go and subscribe and make sure you're following me on Instagram. You can follow me at Lucy Hitchcock underscore. You can follow at The Winging It Podcast. And if you want digital marketing tips, you can follow at Sassy Digital. And obviously, if I've got any breath left, please go and follow at Partner in Wine UK, where as well as posting about all of our latest products and everything that we're launching, I do make sure that we do plenty of behind the scenes so you can see exactly what it is like to run a product-based business. 